In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, baby, tell me what you want, baby. Tell me what you want. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, the cute dog, here in the studio. And as a uh, quick note, this is the home studio with life and kids and dogs. And um, you may hear somebody yelling. Hello, autism. Uh, you may hear a knock on the door. Hello, children. You may hear barking. Hello, four dogs. Uh, so, yeah, we have uh, eight kids and four dogs. Well, we always said we wanted a large family. And we've got it. <laughs> you get what you want. Hey, what a great segue into this show. Wow, I just did that. DJ 404 would be so proud of me. So it's me, Quincy Moran, in the studio. Quincy W. Dot. Uh, in the studio with my wife, Jeannie Moran. Hello. Hello, my love. So I want to ask you some questions. And this is dangerous because we haven't really covered it. So this is going to be all new material. You have the freedom to be <laughs> open. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's going to get good. Uh, you got the freedom to answer uh, as truthfully as you feel comfortable. Um, and then we are going to do a show... That's called, What Do You Want? And uh, I want to know what I can do to make you feel special, feel loved, feel adored. Because hey, there's like some phases that goes on here, right? So when you meet, you know, I met you. Hey, I was pissed because you were so hot. I figured I couldn't get you. But things worked out. I made it easy for you. You did. <laughs> but did I have something to do with that? Yeah, a little. Okay. I know it wasn't my good looks. <laughs> oh, but I do know some dimples in a southern accent can take you far in life. That's all I got to say. And I only have one of those anymore. So I'm sorry. Um, all I got to do is make a phone call and it comes right back. It comes right back. Um, so there go, there's stages. And it's, it's really interesting because, you know, there's different stages within your marriage and you may not necessarily always like each other very much. If you've committed to love each other, then that should uh, that should be a steady and a constant. And it is challenging. And sometimes it's challenging and the person that you're loving is not even the problem. It's you. Um, but truly, my love for you, honey, has gone next level because I truly adore you. And that is, to me, there is there is love, and then there's like adoration or adoring you, and I'm truly in that stage because you are absolutely my most favorite person, period. No competition. Um, so what I want to talk about, and I know, I hope this will help the guys. I know it's going to help me, even though it might be hard to hear somewhat, is basically what is it that you want to feel special. And then I've got a couple of questions here to follow up. Maybe you don't have the answers, maybe you do, but let's let's talk about you from a woman's perspective. What makes you feel special? 
Um, attention to detail. Knowing me, knowing what I like, what I don't like, being able to read. Um, sometimes being able to read me when I can't read me. You know, knowing things like speed bumps. These are head spinners for me. So knowing that and and putting out that, for lack of a better word, protection for me so that I don't feel like my whole world is going to spin out of control. <clears throat> You know, and it's, I'm not saying it's like traumatic, huge, major events. Speed bumps for me are honestly, if I'm in a routine and he calls me and says, okay, I need you to stop what you're doing and I need this done. That for me is a speed bump because I am a creature of habit. Um, and I like to have our, our home life. It's not structured, but it's organized chaos. And I like to have my, my chaos organized, um, the other thing is feeling like I'm safe. I, I need to feel comfortable being myself and knowing that being myself, wherever we are, whoever we're with, if I'm with you, <clears throat> then I can feel free to be myself and know that if a situation arises or if I'm uncomfortable, I won't be made the person who has to protect me or who has to... Um, diffuse a situation that's that's the role that you take you know what's interesting i just want you to pause there for just a sec can you pause there or you yeah. need to finish no, getting the thought out okay when i listen to you talk about me to other people you'll say quincy does this quincy does this quincy does this and i don't even know i'm doing it mm -hmm. it's really odd i don't know i'm doing it but i do notice what like if we're walking um out of the restaurant or we're walking somewhere and i kind of i don't know kind of notice that you're feeling uneasy my hand goes directly to your lower back and it just, I just put it there so that you feel safe. It's something that's built into me and I've, I didn't, I've never really thought about it. And then I, I listened to you talk to people about, you know, when I'm doing something, I think, do I really do that? So the next <laughs> time we're somewhere, I'm, I try to have some awareness about what I'm doing. Well, use the example. We just went to the concert for our anniversary. Okay. When we're walking in a crowd, and there's stairs. You always walk ahead of me. It's it's just something you've always done. You walk in front of me. When I was pregnant, that's when it started and I really noticed it. When I was pregnant and we would walk up or down stairs, you were always in front of me protecting my belly and me in case I fell or got shoved. You always made that barrier. You still do that. When we're in a crowd, I don't do well in crowds. Um, I, I don't know what happened or what switched or why I have anxiety issues the way I do now, but that's something that when we're in a crowd, you always grab for my hand and you make sure that wherever we are, or how we're, we're navigating, you have some form of hold on me. That's, that's what helps me to focus on just follow where you're moving me. Um, those things make me feel protected and safe. And it might seem like something really simple and subtle and kind of common sense to other people because if you're out with your woman, obviously you're going to be holding her hand, you're going to have your arm on her, you're going to be touching her. But there are certain things for me, somebody who didn't know me wouldn't know that I'm in my head space when we're walking through a crowd of people and I'm watching every little thing that's going on around me. Hello, we live in the world of autism. This is what our children do. Apparently it's a, a fam familial trait. But um, it is something that I do. It's, it's just, it grounds me to you. 
And knowing that you're the one person in all of what's going on that won't hurt me, won't allow something to happen to me, and won't allow me to get lost and forgotten, it's just a comfort zone for me. Hmm. So this is what I hear you saying. And one of the things that makes you feel special um, is attention to detail. And it's feeling certainty, feeling safety, feeling security. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. I can do that. I mean, I guess I do that already. You do. You're pretty good at it. Good. It's that it's for whatever reason, probably my natural instinct. I'm a natural protector mm-hmm. anyway, but it's nice to know. And I want to do more of that. So that's what we do. Like that's what happens when we're, when we're out and when um, we're not in our natural environment. But what are, what are, what's something I do that makes you feel special at home where you're in your own environment any any ideas there um yeah the way you greet me when you come home is always a bonus that that's always because the rule of the house is mom gets the first kiss no matter what oh yeah that's well, the first and the second and the third it drives the kids crazy but and it used to be when they were little we fought over it mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a race to see who can get dad's first kiss um <clears throat> but that was also just a point of teaching the kids that mom and dad always come first. Our relationship has always been number one. Um, I don't know. It's, it's things like making the kids wait for dinner. I serve everybody else. So you make everybody wait until I'm sitting down and I'm part of what's happening for a long time. When they were really little, it was just get it done. I don't care if I'm part of it, just get it done. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was it, it before we caught on. I had put my own self on the back burner and just decided I was okay being last and everything, and that's not okay. It it puts you in a headspace that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, and I think now that we've learned that over the years and talking and you know Rita doing her question and answer series with us, as she does so well. Mm-hmm. Um we got to the bottom of realizing I don't want to be last. I want to be first. I'm your wife. I should be first. But I never really thought that way. Now I do. Um, And you make it a point to make that happen. And you make it a point to like tell the kids, mom and I are going up to watch a movie or mom and I are going to go sit by the fire pit outside. You guys are going to stay in the house. You know, we need our time together. You make that a point. And it's not me telling the kids Cause they get frustrated when I tell them we're going to do something or I'm closing off the door or whatever. But if you say it, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, dad's spending time with mom. Got it. Don't ask me what the difference is there. I don't know, but apparently the authority <laughs> in that one is different with the kids. Well, they're, they're with you a lot more than I am. And they know that they can, uh, they can change your mind, but they know, they know they can't t- change dad's mind. Dad's a little different. Yeah. Like mom, sometimes they will just keep wearing on you like the ocean on a rock. And you'll finally say, I don't care. Just get out of my face and go just do it. <laughs> guilty. Whereas, so guilty. <laughs> whereas I'm like, no, not changing, not <laughs> happening. Guilt tactics are not working. March on. <laughs> you know, but that's because... um, 
they just it's the familiarity thing i think it is is that they're con they're always with you and i'm you know even even now that they're back in public school they're still with you more than they're with me so i think that plays that plays a part because if they're you know you're i don't think they walk in fear of you but they definitely don't want to upset you about some things and um it's just funny that that dynamic is what it is where it's like mom and i are going to do this so do not come to the door and then hunter comes to the door but <laughs> you know he has some challenges uh, that go far deeper than teenage uh, a teenage brain i think the other one that you do is you make it a point to push me and i, I will be the first to tell you i don't like it but i need it um using the book as the example like right now everything is chaos so there's a little bit of leeway for me at the moment but it's about to end shortly yep but staying on top of me when you know there's something that I really want and whether it's going to the gym writing the book um you know going to a voice tryout whatever if there's something that you know I just need to do it just to prove to myself I can do it or there's something that I want to do because I want to try it but I I border on that fear of whether I should or shouldn't, can I make the time? I am, I am the first person that will, I want to do this so bad. And then I'll look at life and go, well, we have baseball, we have volleyball, we've got this, we've got that. You know what? I'm just not gonna have time to do it. Forget it. You don't let me do that anymore. And that for me has helped me grow a lot because doing the writing exercises and the books and the master classes and the different things that I normally, I wouldn't have even thought to do a, because I can't justify my own head spending money on myself. Mm-hmm. And B, I'm very quick to just go, eh, I can be last. It's okay. I can yep. I can wait for me to do this later when the kids have got, you know, college situated and this, that, and the other, which it won't matter. I'm still going to be mom. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's the big one, you know, checking in and making sure are you staying on top of these things that are important to you because they are part of me. And I, you know, it's, it's very easy to lose who you are when you're wife and mom and oh, yeah. referee and advocate and all these other things that fit under the, the wife and, and mom category. It's very easy to just forget I'm Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Take time to be Jeannie. If that's writing and, you know, using my imagination to escape the real world for a little while, then... I need to do that. If it's going and taking a bath for an hour and reading a book and getting away from everybody, I need to go do that. But you make sure that I get those things to allow me to be me and not have to be under the umbrella or the category of wife and mom. It's just going and being myself. Yeah. And I think for me, that's a, that's one of those things that's become very, very important you know, one of the principles that Coach Rita taught us. And I was having a talk with a guy the other day about this very subject. And it's like, you know, it's very important for you not to forget that you're married when you have kids and not to forget that, you know, your wife is not just a wife or a mother, but she's got to have some time to remember that she's in your case, that you're that you're a genie, and that you're your own individual, and that you as an individual do have hopes and dreams, and we're connected. 
But still, what did what do you have in your heart? You know, where are you in your heart, and how are you in your emotions as a person? Mm-hmm. You know, and in our relationship, and as a mother. You know, so uh, that's good. I um, if what I'm hearing is, um, you know, what do I do that uh, that what do you want to continue, or what am I doing that makes you feel special? Uh, the way that I come home and I greet you is a big deal. First kiss goes to mom. Hmm. Um, I'm the favorite. I should. That's right. <laughs> making you feel like you're included. Um, making you feel like you're not an afterthought. Making you feel like you matter. Like you were a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, making it a point uh, to push you to continue to move forward in the things that you're trying to do, like uh, the book or whatever, whatever's Things that there. are an important part of myself. Yeah. yeah. As an expression of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one thing that I remember you saying when we went to the, to the hockey event is that, you know, you were trying to make it, just let yourself know that it was okay for you to be happy. Yeah. And enjoy that. Oh, that was the weirdest experience ever. Yeah, I got the picture <laughs> to prove was, it. That was weird. So that... Well, just coming to the realization that, you know, here I am 10, 12 years older than some of these guys, 20 years older than some of them, and it's like fangirling over meeting somebody and realizing it's okay for me to have that geek out moment. Oh, yeah. It's, it's okay for me to enjoy and take everything in because normally when we do things, big things... We're all there. So my focus is always on them and how their experience goes and are they getting the most out of it. I don't ever really think about how I'm enjoying it. But then, you know, after we get home, that's when the downtime comes back and it's like, oh, you know, I had a really good time doing this and that. But in that experience, we went and met the players and took pictures and then we went to the opening day for the Kings and we got to watch the guys come walking in. It was like, holy crap, I'm a 12-year-old kid right now, and this is awesome, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no doubt. But it took me that moment of you and I going back over it and going, I actually had to get in my own head for a minute and go, it's okay to be the excited little girl for a minute. It's okay to enjoy this and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. That is the weirdest aha I've had in I don't know how long of just, wow, I'm allowed to enjoy my life. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that was even okay? Mm-hmm. You know, but guys, um, if your wife is, is overwhelmed and kids and homework and home life, I mean, heck, maybe you stay home uh, with the kids and maybe you're overwhelmed. Um, what are you giving yourself permission to do? What are you giving yourself permission to do that you need to do more of? What are you giving yourself permission to do that you shouldn't be doing? Um, those are things you need to, it's important for you and I to review. Um, when I heard her say that after getting, um, a picture with her second favorite, favorite hockey player, I was like, we need to create more experiences like this because somewhere you lost the idea that it was okay for you to get excited and for, you know, you to be happy about things. And maybe that's just because you're a mom and you put your kids first. And th- and that's there's nothing bad about that. But I think I just learned, and in, in this is something that I'm still trying to work with now, is 
growing up and it and it's nothing please don't take this bad it's not nothing against my parents this is what I grew up in it was hard to justify wanting something that was going to cost knowing that there were other people in the house who needed other things you know when I learned to drive and I had to I had to drive because of the classes I was taking at school I was required to go from my campus to the hospital I was required to be in certain locations and my parents both worked my sister was out of state and married. I had to learn to drive at 16 and I had to have a car and insurance. That was hard for them. So for me, it was a guilt thing of I'm putting a burden on somebody so that I could have something that I wanted. Yeah, well, that's and, where the burden belonged. Well, yeah, but I didn't think that way. I, I've And even when we had kids, that was really, really hard to justify getting I mean how many Christmases do we go without presents because it was just dude we have this money but there's eight of them and there's two of us I can go without I mean hell we went without food to feed them several times and that was just the way that it was granted that's the way it should be as the parent we carry the burden they don't but then the moment would come around and you would say here here's a gift card go get your nails done Mm -hmm. why are we spending 50 bucks on nails I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love doing it. But I struggled with being allowed to be happy with having my nails done because I knew what the cost was to do it. Now I'm at a point where it's just like we have busted our butt. We're in a place now where, you know, we're not the rich among the rich. But I feel richer now with what we have, the experiences the kids are getting, the things that we can do, the memories that they have, hearing them talk and have conversations go, oh my gosh, do you remember this Christmas when mom did this and dad did that and we got this present and this happened? That's what's important to me. That's where I finally went, okay, they're learning. They don't have to have $1,500 Christmases per person. They're learning they don't have to have a $700 phone to be a happy kid. They're sharing one phone and they're perfectly content with it. You know, that's, that's what's important for me. And then now we're in a position where I don't feel guilty when the kids get frustrated and say, well, you and dad go places at least once a month. You're right. We do. In 20 years of marriage, we've earned that. Mm -hmm. It took me 20 years of marriage to figure out we've earned that. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Well, I didn't plan it this way, but the show must end because it is running a little bit long. So I didn't get to the question of what do I do that you hate? Sounds Fortunately, like another episode. Oh, no, we don't have to get into that episode <laughs> right now. <Chicken>. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, honey, I appreciate you taking the time to share this with me because I, I do want to know what I'm doing that you like, that you appreciate. I want to know what makes you feel special um, because I just love learning about you. It's weird that after 20 years, I don't know everything. And truly, after 20 years, you don't know everything about me. It's kind of weird to think that. But, but you would be bored. If you knew everything, what's there to learn? You would be bored. Well, I fortunately, I'll never be bored because we as people always continue to evolve. And so there's always something more to learn um, and explore. So, guys... Got your work cut out for you now. Um, Maybe have a conversation with your significant other to find out what it is you're doing that makes her feel special or what it is she would want for you to do to make her feel special. Until the next episode, it is I, the Q-Dog, bidding you 
a farewell. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.